0: Welcome everyone to Tor Today Ministries and our continuing series called Sage Advice, where we take some brief biographical snippets of some of the great sages of Israel. Uh, we've done two so far. I hope you'll go back and listen to those. Uh, we did Rashi and we did the Vilna Vilnagon and I've received some really interesting comments and uh, people's minds are kind of blown about the Vilna Vilnagon. Sounds like a rhyme. But this week, we're going to concern, uh, concern ourselves with um, a rabbi that the Vilna himself looked up to. The Vilna was an incredible genius, as you learned in the previous episode. And his life and the life of the Ram Rabbi Moshe Chaim Luzado, overlapped. Uh, Luzado died when the Vilna was still a fairly young man. But later in life the Vilnegon himself said, I would walk from Lithuania where he lived, clear to Venice, Italy, to hear the Ram Call, Rabbi Luzato speak. That's how much the Vilnegon respected this man. So again, the Ram Call, the R and the M. The CH and the L come from Rabbi Moshe Chaim Luzado. I love these ways they have of abbreviating the names of these great rabbis. Now, Luzado lived from 1707 to 1746. He, he died uh, in his 40th year. He's a fairly young man when he passed away. His home was in Italy, but he finally did make it to uh, Israel just a few years before his death. He wrote about 42 books that we have today. We, he wrote more that we do not have copies of. So he was a very busy man. But the one work that we will be considering today, I'll be quoting from, is called Derech Hashem, which means the way of Adonai or the way of God. Now here are some interesting facts about his life. Luzada was a master, <clears throat> excuse me, of biblical Hebrew, as well as art, music, poetry, and the sciences. As a young man, in his teens even, he penned major works of poetry and plays. And uh, was, he loved science and literature and music and poetry. And he's very broad-minded in this way when it came to all these spheres of endeavor. He was born soon after Shabtai Zvi's life and the chaos he caused. Now, some of you may be familiar with Shabtai Zvi. He, uh, to put it in a nutshell, he also was a brilliant, brilliant Torah scholar, but he was very misguided. He claimed to be the Messiah and apparently was so impressive in his speech and appearance and. And whatever he did, that he convinced many, many, many Jews that he was indeed the Messiah, and they were following him. They thought the kingdom to come, Messiah was here. Well, then Islam came along and threatened to execute him unless they captured him, and they were going to execute him unless he recanted, and he did, and converted to Islam, which utterly destroyed the faith of his followers except for a few who still continued to hang on to him even though he had turned his back on Judaism and the scriptures and decided to follow Islam. So this threw the Jewish world into great turmoil and it was that kind of turmoil into which the Ram Rabbi Luzado was born. Now the reason that's important is because at age 20 Luzado claimed to have been visited by an angel which created great controversy among the leading rabbis of his day because uh, Shabtai Zvi also claimed to be speaking with angels and, and departed saints of the Bible. And so when Luzado comes along and says something similar, they don't want to hear it. Now, you decide for yourself whether Luzado actually was instructed by an angel from heaven or not. I don't know. It's one of those things that I'll just have to wait and see if uh, he actually did or not. But um, I tell you one thing, he never claimed to be Messiah. He never tried to mislead people. And his works are studied today. They're cornerstones of uh, Jewish education. And as I have read his works, they truly are brilliant and inspiring. And I hope you'll be inspired by a quote I'm going to share with you in a moment. So... Until I'm given reason to, to to believe that he was not spoken to of an angel, I leave that possibility open. You decide for yourself. So, of course, Luzado he received persecution because of this. And due to persecution from these rabbis, Luzado moved to Amsterdam to continue his studies and writing there, where he didn't experience this kind of persecution. So many of his books and works were burned and... Um, as late as 1956, we have found uh, some originals of his his writings that have now been published. Five hundred plus would attend his teachings. He was a, a very dynamic speaker and a very articulate. Luzado moved to Israel three years before he and his family died in a plague. And uh, several years ago, my youngest son Caleb and I and two other young men from our congregation went to Israel for a couple of weeks. And while we were in Tiberias, we saw some signs pointing to Rabbi Akiva's grave. Now, Akiva, you've probably heard of. He was a first century rabbi. He plays a a large part in the Talmud. And he also uh, lived much of his life in Capernaum. And so we thought, uh, well, you know, let's go visit his grave. And it's way up on the ridge overlooking Tiberias. And there in the background, you can see the Sea of Galilee and the Golan Heights in the distance. And we were there walking around. I noticed there was another grave just around the corner uh, from um, Akiva's. So I walked about 20 feet. And lo and behold, it is the grave of Moshe. Chaim Luzato. He's buried right there next to Rabbi Akiva overlooking the Sea of Tiberia. So that was uh, quite a moment because I was a big fan of some of Luzato's works. So what I want to do at this point is quote to you uh, a, a kind of a lengthy passage from Derech Hashem, The Way of God, and this is a, an old copy I've had for years. It's from, uh, I bought it in 1997, but uh, it's published by Feldheim Publishers, but um, you can find different editions of this same book. And there's even an annotated, a uh, heavily footnoted version available also from Feldheim. So if it's something you're interested in, as long as it doesn't take you away from your Bible studies, then um, I think you'll enjoy it. I went through this book with a, uh, a group of friends um, several years ago, and what we did, we take a section each week, and their challenge was to find passages from the apostolic scriptures that aligned with what Luzato was writing. And it's quite amazing to see how much alignment there was. But Luzado, he never claimed to be a Messianic believer, uh, one who followed Yeshua. But after reading this quote I'm about to share, you decide for yourself where he stood on that matter. Now, this book, Derik Hashem, you might call a systematic theology of Judaism. It's uh, brilliant, brilliantly written, but it's not written like like uh, Christian uh, theologies. Um, Luzado, you have to understand when rabbis write, they have this rabbinic style, they just kind of jump in and they start writing and you're thinking, what's this about? you know? And I need more explanation about what he's talking about. Well, just keep going all the way through the book and eventually it'll make a full circle. And what you had questions about here will turn out being answered over here somewhere. It's like one unit and you just have to start somewhere. You just go all the way around and eventually everything's covered. So if you do read it, um, try not to be frustrated and just be patient, circle those things and uh, say, okay, I have a question here, but just keep moving along. And it covers everything imaginable from creation to the spiritual realm, to the demons and the angels. And uh, salvation and Messiah and all kinds of things. Now, this portion I want to read to you um, is an excerpt that talks about what a tzaddik is. A tzaddik is a righteous man. We are all to be tzaddikim, or righteous people. But Luzado talks about people who are particularly righteous. And then he talks about one who is so righteous, there's something accomplished through him that cannot be accomplished otherwise. So let me just dive in, follow along. The rule that the community of the future world be restricted only to those who attain perfection in their own right is therefore not absolute. So this idea you have to be perfect to get into heaven or to become part of the kingdom of God, he's saying that's not absolute says, for it was also decreed that an individual can reach a level where he can partake of perfection and be included in this community, this world to come, as the result of his association with a more worthy individual. Now, there is just good, solid um, Pauline theology. Because we all believe that none of us can enter God's kingdom on our own righteousness we enter it by our association with a more righteous individual, namely Yeshua, the Messiah, the sinless one. Now he goes on. He says, Because of this, the number who are saved from annihilation allowed the ultimate bliss is maximized. Suffering and pain may be imposed on a tzaddik, a righteous man, as an atonement for his entire generation. This tzaddik, must then accept this suffering with love for the benefit of his generation, just as he accepts the suffering imposed upon him for his own sake. You know, I think of Moses, who is willing to be uh, marked out of God's book if the generation there of Israel could be saved. And Paul expressed the same thing. Blot me out of your book, but save Israel. In doing so, he benefits his generation by atoning for it and at the same time is himself elevated to a very great degree. Such suffering also includes cases where a zodiac suffers because his entire generation deserves great punishments, bordering on annihilation, but is spared because of the zodiac's suffering. And atoning for his generation uh, through his suffering, this Zadik saves these people in this world and also greatly benefits them in the world to come. God arranged matters, however, so that select perfect individuals could rectify things for others as discussed earlier. Individuals such as these, however, are themselves perfect and are therefore worthy only of good. The only reason they suffer Is because of others. The only reason they suffer is because of others. They can therefore not only rectify their own generation, now get this, they can therefore not only rectify their own generation, but can also correct all the spiritual damage done since the beginning, from the time of the very first sinners. Who are those very first sinners? Adam and Eve. Now, though Luzado is writing as if this is a theory, this is something that is a part, a cornerstone of Jewish theology. That a righteous, even a perfect individual, can suffer and die, not for his own sake, <clears throat> but of lo- out of love for his generation, and can rectify the sins of all, even from the very beginning. Now, this quote I just read is also here in your notes. But I want to close with this verse. First John 2, 1 John 2.1. It will make more sense to you now after hearing Luzado's uh, passage here. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Yeshua HaMashiach, HaTzadik, the Tzadik, the Righteous One. I believe John was aware of this theology. And so he's saying, yes, we believe that someone could be so perfect that their death could atone for all the sins from the beginning of time. He's saying here, and that perfect one's name, that Zadik, his name is Yeshua, the Messiah. Ha Zadik, the Zadik, the righteous one. He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world even from the time of the very first sinners, I believe he's saying. You can also look at Romans 5, 14 to 21. But this piece of theology that Luzado um, speaks of here and describes helped me understand this passage in 1 John 2. So anyways, um, if you want to read Derek Hashem, and you have the time and inclination, and it does not take away from your Bible study and prayer and all those things that you're required to do, then you might want to delve in. And I think you'll find it an enriching read. So um, anyways, until next time or next episode, I wish you shalom and may God bless.